Hello and welcome to Nintendo Nightly, your Monday through Friday source for everything Nintendo. My name is Michael Cottrell and today on the show, I want to talk about the Mario animated film that was announced as part of Nintendo's financial briefing last week. We find a quote in the presentation materials that read like this, quote, lastly, we will now introduce a new initiative to effectively use Nintendo IP. We have started a development of an animated movie featuring Super Mario with Illumination, the movie studio that brought films such as Despicable Me and Minions. <laughs> they make other movies, but these are the ones they're famous for. For this project, Mr. Chris, I'm going to butcher this, Mela, Meladandri, founder and CEO of Illumination, and Shigeru Miyamoto, representative director, fellow of Nintendo, will co-produce the film. The film will be co-financed by Universal Pictures and Nintendo and distributed theatrically worldwide by Universal Studios. Further announcements on details as, such as release dates will be made at a later date. We look forward to providing further information about the release timing for this movie, and we hope that everyone will enjoy it. As a part of our effort to expand Nintendo IP beyond video games, we look forward to bringing smiles to people around the world through this movie. So this is part of a larger strategy that is detailed in other parts of the presentation we see the partnership that nintendo did with uniqlo we see nintendo getting into smartphones and uh, you know they they do all sorts of stuff they, it, everything to plush toys to mario backpacks mario notebooks this is nothing new to nintendo but this is something specifically new to them or hasn't been visited in a really long time if you're familiar the live action super mario brothers movie was a colossal train wreck and if you're interested the gaming historian does a fantastic uh, just framing of just what a absolute disaster that movie was and gets uh, a lot of first-hand accounts from the actors and uh, some of the people that worked on the movie. That was a terrible thing. It, it didn't do particularly well in the box office, didn't do particularly well critically. Just an all-around failure and um, just a, a real tarnishment of the Mario IP. Of course, we can see many, many years later, it didn't have much of an effect on the game sales and Mario's appeal as a character, but Nintendo has been very timid with approaching this. This is also sort of a, a part of a partnership that Nintendo has made with Universal to make this movie. A Universal own, is owned by Comcast, and Comcast owns Universal, which owns this studio, as well as DreamWorks Studio. DreamWorks, which is purchased by uh, Universal slash Comcast last year, or no, 2016. And uh, this is, you know, kind of looped in, I imagine, with the same kind of deals that were bringing the Nintendo theme park to Universal Studios. And I just want to point out as an aside that this is incredibly weird. When Nintendo created Donkey Kong, Universal sued them to oblivion and tried to take everything that they had uh, for copyright infringement, and now they're working together. It's, uh, yeah, top 10 anime betrayals. Uh, really, really interesting stuff. So this is um, a part of that larger partnership. And Mela, Mela Dandry, to give you a little bit of background on him, he was the founder of Illumination Studios, and he pioneered a technique for a strict cost-controlled measure for making animated movies cheaper, therefore to produce more profit. So 
Something like Despicable Me cost around $69 million to make and grossed over $500 million. You see some similar numbers with the other movies, but you'll notice that their budget is much more bloated. So like something like Toy Story or uh, Disney's newer movies can cost upwards of $100 to $200 million to make. And of course, while Disney movies do well in the box office and with licensing and all that stuff, there's still a lot of money that's sort of left on the table that was spent making the movie before you're even sure if you're going to make that money back. Nintendo hates this sort of risk. I mean, they they have always shied away from uh, doing risky moves. They, they never sell their consoles at a loss, or they rarely ever do. They always take the safe and profitable road out. And now, some of the ways that Melodandry can get these... Um, bigger profits and and smaller budgets is by creating a more simple chain of command for management. Others are cutting the elaborate offices that you'll usually see out of a Pixar or a DreamWorks. And then the third big thing is to not hire the biggest names ever. Like there's people like Steve Carell that don't cost as much as like Tom Hanks, but you can, he still carries a certain weight to him. People recognize that name. So they have really just pioneered this strategy, made hand over fist money with uh, all of the movies that they've made. Even Hop, which was their worst and uh, most underperforming movie, made three times its budget. And um, their most successful series have just made incredible amounts of money. Despicable Me 3 has uh, made over 10 times the initial investment, which is just pretty crazy. And Something that I'd like to point out, because of course our concern with this isn't how much money Nintendo and Universal are going to make from it. Our concern is, is this going to be good? Is this going to be worth watching? And I would say to, you know, hold your breath on that one. Critical acclaim doesn't matter as much for these sorts of movies as they might for uh, bigger releases. And they ma- and movies in general just matter less than than games. A movie like Boss Baby, which got 52% of Rotten Tomatoes and is hovering around the 50 mark on Metacritic, uh, made it roughly four times what was initially invested into it and got an Oscar nomination. And this isn't the case with with everything. You know, the Ratchet and Clank movie didn't go so well. They went with a $20 million budget and didn't even make that back. So uh, it's not it's not always the case, but there's a case to be made for how critical appeal doesn't matter as much in film. Uh, as it does in games. In games, the Metacritic score has become this, like, looming thing over the development team, and they gotta get to that Metacritic score. And, um, and that's, it's just not the same for, for film. So, what Nintendo is doing here, that we have to understand, is that they're not making a, uh, critical move, they're making a financial one. They're trying to make a profitable movie with the Mario IP. Just Mario's exposure in film is gonna create the sort of marketing buzz that they want, not necessarily if the film is going to be good. If it's good, that's a bonus, and that's why they're putting Miyamoto on the team. That's why they're going to try and work with the studio. But I think the reason that they're working with Illumination is more for the profit margin and less for their uh, critically acclaimed movies. So let's talk about that piece of Miyamoto co-producing the film. It's nice to see his involvement, but he's not as talented writing stories as he is at creating game worlds. His stewardship in the Mario RPG world, in particular uh, the story-based Mario games, leaves a lot to be desired. They're fun stories, and the early ones were really fantastic games, but as the series has gone on, he's made 
absolutely baffling visionary choices like removing all the partner characters and the interesting stories that they brought in support of just making a million toad characters that all had similar dialogue and you couldn't tell them apart. There's other weird constraints like Mario never having dialogue in the games. They played with this a little bit in Mario Sunshine with some of the supporting cast but never touched it again. Video game movies have never been great for a multitude of reasons, too numerous to cover in this show. And so I would temper my expectations for Mario's triumphant return to the big screen. While Nintendo's goal is always profit, understand that the product being critically well-received is not as important in the film realm. The movie could be great, but history would tell us to not expect too much of it. Hopefully we'll be pleasantly surprised in 2020, the presumed date of the release, but I, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to expect much. If I'm to make a prediction of the, of the movie, Mario is going to have very limited dialogue. That's going to be a weird choice that Miyamoto uh, really sticks to his guns on. And I think it's going to be awkward in a film uh, where you don't have the interaction element. I think the Toads are going to be minion-like. They're going to be uh, kind of dumb and uh, the humorous angle of the movie you could just see the parallels that they make there. And if you look at the way that they depict Toads in the story-based Mario games, they're so dumb that in Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, you have to chase them around as Mario to save them. Like, that's the type of Toads that that Miyamoto writes these days. With all that being said, I'd love to know what you think. You can write into the show or write into the comments field down below. Let's have a conversation. What do you think about this whole partnership? How do you think this movie's gonna turn out? Do you even care? Like, I mean, as someone who enjoys Nintendo games, does it even matter that they make it on the big screen? Personally, it, it matters less and less to me the, the older I get and the more I realize that uh, games, I, I believe, are the most powerful and influential medium that we have available to us but you know it's nice to see people make a make a little film story happen i mean i i watched the ratchet and clank movie recently and i'd say like it's not as terrible as everybody makes it out to be it's certainly nothing special it's certainly nothing um fantastic but it's a it's an all right movie and I, I feel like that's what we're gonna get and it's gonna get critically trashed because it's a mario movie that isn't good but that's my prediction. We'll we'll see in 2020. Uh, I'll I'll make a show then, and and you know have to listen through this one, and uh, maybe I'll eat my words. Maybe I won't. We'll we'll just have to see. The, the game is on in two years from now. Anyway, I want to thank you for tuning into Nintendo Nightly. If you want to check out the last episode of the show, you can click in the annotation box above and you'll see the Mario Kart Tour analysis that we did. Otherwise, I will see you tomorrow for some more Nintendo news, impressions, all that fun stuff.